This is womensleadershipsuccess.com radio, episode number 15, The Psychology of Achievement for Women Leaders, Activating Your Mind to Achieve Your Goals, with Pat Dre, Chief Operating Officer of Visiting Angels. Welcome to Women's Leadership Podcast, showing you how to influence people, improve your performance, and advance your career. Brought to you by women's leadership and career expert Sabrina Brom and womensleadershipsuccess.com. Here's your chance to meet women trendsetters leading the way to success, accomplishment, and balance in business and life, no matter if you're a manager, CEO, or entrepreneur. Join Sabrina for coaching and no-nonsense advice to improve your career and bottom line. This is Sabrina Brahm with womensleadershipsuccess.com. In this section of Women's Leadership Success, we will be discussing the psychology of achievement and success principles for leaders with our guest today, Pat Dre, who is Chief Operating Officer of Visiting Angels, a leading national private duty home care company where she is the primary architect of business and operational models. Welcome, Pat. Very good to talk to you, Sabrina. Thank you. Um, tell us, uh, Tell us what kind of work you've done. I understand that you have led four company startups and two turnarounds. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I will uh, mention that I uh, started out in nursing. I've been in elder care services for over 30 years. And uh, it was very interesting that early on in my career, I saw myself as somebody who provided uh, physical and emotional care and support to other people. I still do that. What I realized a little bit along the way was that managing other people effectively could reach a lot more lives, and I became very excited about the potential of working in systems and creating systems that were highly effective in creating a great workforce that operated at a very high level that also provided care to people. So along the way, there were a few surprises. Early on in my nursing career, I really didn't want to know anything about money. I didn't think money had anything to do with me except to uh, buy groceries and pay the uh, mortgage. And then I realized that one of the important tools in terms of an effective business and an effective workforce was managing money well. How did you learn how to do that, Pat? Well, I I worked... uh, alongside and with uh, some finance managers who were very willing to mentor me. And I learned by asking a lot of questions, looking at a lot of profit and loss statements, uh, looking at a lot of budgets, and then starting to create those budgets myself. Very good. You know, you mentioned mentors, and I wonder how often do you think a woman that's successful in business has had a mentor? Well, I think that all women have had uh, mentors to some degree, but mentors for women and being a a mentor as a woman can be a complicated issue. A lot of studies have been done on mentoring women, and uh, it, it shows that it's a very different experience and different path for women than it is for men. Can you tell us more about that? 
Well, I think that uh, organizations are complex places to work. We oftentimes don't have a lot of uh, uh, high numbers of uh, successful women to look to as, as mentors. Uh, and that most of us, uh, at least in my cohort group, uh, have worked very, very hard to create a place for ourselves in these large organizations. So those complex relationships need to be managed very carefully. I think that as we uh, become good mentors to other women, they often do leave the organization to find places for themselves elsewhere. I think that's a perfectly fine thing. But sometimes those relationships are very complex. As women, I think that we really need to give a lot of thought to building our expertise to become more effective mentors to other women. And also, as women who are being mentored by other women, to open up to the possibilities that this relationship uh, is part of our path to success. Pat, what do you mean by complex? What, how is it complex? I think that it's a, a, a bit of a challenge. It's a little bit different today, but a bit of a challenge to uh, survive and thrive in organizations as a woman. Mm -hmm. uh, things don't automatically open up for you. And therefore, the mentoring relationship, both the mentee and the mentor, are operating in environments that don't always make it easy to support uh -huh. one another. So. Do you have any suggestions? Because I, I think that's really true, and um, the listening, the, the women listening to this would love to hear if you have any suggestions of how to navigate that complicated world where things are not on, on an equal basis. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that clarity and good communications are important. I think that it's important to understand both as mentor and mentee that we are going to change organizations, that statistically that's what's going to happen. I think that a lot of times mentors feel a sense of betrayal when the mentee leaves uh, for other opportunities, and especially if the conversation and the communication is not handled in a thoughtful, open way. So you think it's important for the mentee to keep the mentor informed on how they're thinking about things? Is that what you're saying? Yes, and when they do make a decision for a career move, to, uh, to create in both directions an openness uh, about that and a mutual support for a decision like that. Pat, how do you think a person being... The mentee, how can she give back to the person who's taking all this time to mentor her? What's, what's a way to give back? Well, I think that there are a number of different steps. The initial one, as we're still in this relationship, is to appreciate that the, uh, the mentor is often in a complicated situation in an organization mm -hmm. and to spend time inquiring about things while being supportive of the person in the relationship. Okay. So really being curious about them and what, what their role is and what they need. Yes. Uh -huh. and, and the challenges that they face. Yes. 
I think that um, being open uh, about what one's career path is going to be uh, is also, uh, from the mentee's point of view, a, a, uh, a good direction to go in so that the mentor uh, is able to understand and support that person. And also, most of us uh, feel... I'll speak for myself. I have always felt that if I supported somebody in their career path, if they gave me two good years in their job and I gave my all to them, that if they chose their next step up, I was perfectly fine with that. Mm-hmm. And I think then the last area really is to stay in touch because these relationships do go on for a long time, and we can still support and nurture one another even when we're not in the same organization. Now, how do you suggest staying in touch? This is actually a question that a lot of women ask me. So what what would you suggest doing? Well, I think that it depends upon the people and how they like to communicate. Uh, Even uh, if people like to communicate by email, an occasional update of what's going on, is a perfectly fine way to go. Mm-hmm. There are some people who prefer the, the telephone conversation and occasional check-in, or just having lunch once every six six months or once a year is just fine. Mm-hmm. Just some kind of contact. Yes. Um, so basically you're talking about not only networking, but keeping the relationship going and deepening it over exactly. time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, th- I think that uh, it's fairly common for uh, women and women executives to feel a significant investment in the people that we have mentored. And the re- from our perspective, the relationship does not end when the employment ends. That's, that's wonderful. That's so good to hear and for people to hear that are listening. Now, you've you um, practice the psychology of achievement. Can you tell us what that is? For me, the psychology of achievement is having goals, spending, having a daily practice of envisioning those goals, having excitement about them. Can you, can you um, give us an example of that? Oh, I'd be glad to. Mm-hmm. In my previous company that I was the CEO of, uh, we, I conducted a turnaround, and I, uh, the company itself had lost money for 15 years, uh, and I came in as CEO, and within, uh, or, or I came in as heading up their operations and was promoted to CEO. Mm-hmm. The uh, role that I played, though, in within four months, we turned it around to a profitable operation. Wow. So how I did that was by uh, several things, but this visioning of my goals with high excitement as though it was already accomplished. Now, of course, there were many, many goals around that, smaller goals to be achieved, turning around certain aspects of the business, building certain relationships, getting a certain infrastructure in place, uh, creating a sense of team and the many uh, subcomponents of creating a team. So this was a daily effort, and it was a daily effort over not only 
several months but over years because we never get done with these goals they simply they simply change they get bigger mm-hmm. but the idea of setting goals is to get very excited about them and with every step forward to celebrate every single step mm-hmm. do you um do you write them down do you say them out loud how do you practice um this visioning of your goals uh, I do write them down. I write them down on cards. Mm-hmm. I use those cards in a daily review session in the morning. Mm-hmm. Take take a uh, 15 minutes to a half hour to meditate. And then following my meditation, I review my goals. And the whole idea, as I review those goals, I've already cleared my mind of all of the busyness of life and when I focus on those goals, I'm doing it from a place of peace, serenity, clarity, and excitement as I read those goals and picture them as though they're already taking place. It's beautiful. It's something I do, too. And I'm wondering, how do you get rid of negative thinking? So let's say you're doing this and you have a negative thought, maybe something counterproductive, something that's the opposite of what you want. How do you get rid of that or change that? Well, I want to say that my goal in life, one of my goals is to effectively eliminate all negative thinking. I'm still working on it. But I, uh, when I notice negative thinking coming in, I also prepare myself in the morning during this meditation time and uh after I do my goals, to think about the frame of mind I want to have through the day. What is my intention for this day? What is it that I want to experience out of this day? How do I want to be Pat Dre today? Mm -hmm. And in thinking about that, then I'll notice, I have noticed common threads in the way I can get swamped or get waylaid or get off the path. Mm -hmm. And... So I set my intention for the day to say, today is a day in which I will think about such and such in this way. I had a challenge, not this year, but a little uh, a little while ago, uh, and uh, about somebody else who was going through a very challenging situation in her life. Mm-hmm. And what I did, instead of thinking uh, about the way we tend to, oh, if only, I wish this person didn't do this or that or the other thing, right? Mm -hmm. Instead, I set my mindset for the day. Everything is going great. I support this person. I think highly of them. Mm -hmm. I know that there are no obstacles in my relationship with this person. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I want to go back to what you were saying about you. one of your life goals is to effectively eliminate negative thinking. How... Do you think that will help somebody's career if they did that? Well, I really believe that when we clear away the obstacles in our thinking, that things come to us much more quickly. So, for example, um, picture your uh, uh, picture a spring cleaning of one's own mind. 
Mm-hmm. Running love around, it. doing the vacuuming, the dusting, clearing away the things you don't use anymore, you don't need anymore. Mm-hmm. That includes old beliefs. That includes thoughts, perceptions about things, people, and one's own self. Mm-hmm. So in doing that spring cleaning, what you're doing is tossing out all of the old, mm-hmm. the things that are really don't have any foundation in truth. Right. So, you know, you mentioned before that you, you, you have a way of noticing when you go into that old way of thinking. Um, I, I notice if my body starts feeling bad. Yes. Um, and I'm wondering what cues you get to tell you you're, you're in the old way of thinking. Well, it'll be a, a little, what I call, in quotes, a recording going through my mind. <laughs> oh, it starts with, oh, darn. Okay? You see what I mean? I and do. It's, it's like a broken record. Uh-huh. It'll be something that I uh, tend to subconsciously or slightly consciously repeat all the time. And then I say, wait a minute. Is that really the truth? Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I say, well, that couldn't be the truth because actually what I believe or what I think is true is this. What can I replace this little recording with uh-huh. that is the actual truth? So, so you, in, have, you have some, somewhat of a script that you use yes, when yes, you yes, notice yes. you're going back into that old pattern. Yes. Great. Pat, have you ever had a failure or made a big mistake? And it happens all the time. <laughs> um, and what I don't know at the time when it happens, although I'm starting to get it, uh-huh. uh, that I am going to learn later on is that this is probably the best thing that could have happened to me. Uh-huh. Now, when I think of those big ones in my life, or the ones that um, sat uh, sat in my awareness as, in quotes, failure mm-hmm. uh, for months at a time and then realized later that they were simply a way of getting me out of my own way onto what's really good for me. Mm-hmm. Now I can look at many things and just relax and take a breath. And one of my favorite ways to talk to myself when something seems to be sliding down the wrong path mm-hmm. uh, in, in a place that I once might have had a lot of emotion over it, I say to myself, the universe works for me and never against me. That's beautiful. Do you have uh, friends that also support you in this way? Well, I do. I have many like-minded friends. I um, have a family that thinks like this, and it's really wonderful in our families and with our close friends when they will remind us when we have, uh, when we're operating from a place that's not true. Mm-hmm. I I totally agree. Um, so, what what do you think? What skills do you think women, I'm switching a little bit here, but what skills do you think women can develop that will help them get promoted? Well, I think in looking at my own life, I had pinned a lot of my, uh, my my success track was pinned on high effort, Mm -hmm. Uh, working extremely hard, 
putting in very, very long hours. Mm -hmm. If there's one thing that I wish I could change about my past, and I can't change it, and it's perfectly all right, it would be to understand that it's really not about working a 15-hour day or a 12-hour day. Mm -hmm. It's really about being aware of the extraordinary potential of life that you're sitting on. And it's really not so much about you. Mm -hmm. It's really about relaxing into it. Yes, of course, we have to get the job done. Mm -hmm. It's about... It's about fulfilling expectations and meeting commitments, but not to your own, not compromising uh, your own well-being, your right. own health. Taking care of yourself. I, I can relate because I used to think if I worked really hard, that I'd be successful. And what I found is working smarter works a lot better. <laughs> absolutely. A absolutely. And... Um, one will build one's skills. Those skills get built because we live in a, uh, a wonderful world where there is an extraordinary amount of support and resources. What I find now is if I say, and I'll give you an example of this, mm -hmm. if I say to myself, you know, the next thing that I would like to gain a little bit more skill in, an area that I'd like to be raise my competence level is. Mm -hmm. And all I have to do is say it. So this is an interesting example of that. Mm -hmm. I had made a decision several, uh, uh, just before uh, the beginning of the year, that I wanted to raise my competency level in business coaching. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a lot of skills there, but it just is an area that I'm very excited about. And I said, I want the right resource that I can step into that will help me. I was at an event, and a woman walked up to me and sat down and had lunch with me. And we chatted, and we were having a just a general chat about all kinds of things. And she looks at me, and she says, you know, the most wonderful thing that I've done this year is I took a business coaching course oh. from such and such a company, mm -hmm. uh, and she's a person who's an attorney, so mm -hmm. she uh, obviously has uh, high-level high coaching demands on her in various situations, and she says, this is the best thing that I've done for myself uh, in a long time, if not ever. Mm -hmm. And I said, tell me more about that. Now, I had received information about pr approximately a half dozen different coaching programs, but none of them spoke to me in quite the same way. So what I'm here to tell you is I took that course and finished it three weeks ago. Congratulations. Yes. It just lined up perfectly. Um, my employer uh, foot the bill for me, mm -hmm. and uh, I had a marvelous time, and it was a perfect match. Great. So you, you start noticing what you want to develop in yourself, and you begin visualizing that happening, and then the resources somewhat appear. I mean, you didn't expect this woman to say that, and 
there she was. And there she was, and it was the right thing. And so it's part of that whole thing uh, that we're talking about, Sabrina, the idea of not working so hard for something, not thinking that you have to run the marathon on every single thing you want, but to state your intention, clear your mind of negative thinking and say, I know this will drop in place, and then do a minor amount of footwork. I mean, obviously, to get into this program, I had to file a an application. I had to make a phone call. It was a, a few small steps, but it wasn't a lot of effort. And frankly, in life, there comes a time when you realize if you are racing too hard and grasping too hard for something, it's probably not the right thing. Mm-hmm. And also, you're going to miss the opportunities. If you're racing really hard, you may miss the opportunity that's right there waiting for you. Exactly. Yeah. The right one. Um, what books are you reading or what magazines do you read? Well, I, um, I read a lot of industry information. Mm-hmm. One of the two, two of the most important books that I've read lately are uh, Good to Great, mm-hmm. extraordinary book. And the other book is a book called Happier, and it's The Psychology of Happiness. Beautiful. Who's that one by? I'll have to uh, pull the book out and uh, give you the Well, that's okay. I'm sure people can look it up on Amazon if they're interested in it. It's Um, a uh, professor from Harvard who teaches a course on happiness, and one of the premises of this book is uh, based on his own experience as a very young athlete, uh, he had a, a very high goal to be part of the, I believe it was the World Soccer Championship. Mm-hmm. And uh, he lived, breathed, and ate uh, that uh, everything about that goal for four years. Mm-hmm. And he achieved it at age 16. Wow. He realized that he hadn't had a hamburger in four years, that he hadn't done really anything in his waking hours, Uh, unrelated to that goal. And what happened was he thought that this was going to be the happiest moment of his entire life and that it would sustain him forever. And what he found was after several weeks, it was less and less and less important to him. And so while the book is a, a wonderful book with chapter by chapter, the psychology of happiness and the principles, mm-hmm. one of the important things to remember at the outset is life is really about a series of satisfaction hits, small ones. It's not about winning the Nobel Peace Prize. It's not about the Pulitzer Prize. It, in terms of happiness, that may be some people's goal, and I'm I'm happy for them that it's mm-hmm. their goal. But true satisfaction is in the little things in life. 